Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV's coverage of HBO's Succession. So this is our what, eighth Succession episode. This is the seventh episode of the season. We did a little season four hype episode. So we're, I guess, one ahead of the actual show. This episode was titled Tailgate Party, I believe. There's no the in front of it. And if there was, I don't give a fuck because I don't remember <laughs> it being there. So before we get into what was actually on the second watch, an amazing episode. We got a lot of characters returning, which is very fun. Huge ensemble. A lot of cast members in this episode. Before we dive into all of that, at this point, you know the drill. Best way to support us is just subscribing on whatever you're listening on or watching on if you're on youtube bingetowntv.com is our like website it's kind of the hub of all things bingetown every episode of every show we've covered is easily accessible that way if you don't want to just have to scroll through everything that we've done on uh spotify or apple music then the best way to just get these shows in order and also alphabetical order is just bingetowntv.com if you're listening on our succession specific feed which is just bingetown tv or succession of bingetown tv podcast Make your way to the Bingetown TV podcast main feed. Everything's on there. We just started Silo on Apple TV, which has been a fantastic show for the first two episodes. We just wrapped up The Mandalorian. Yellow Jackets is almost pretty much in lockstep with Succession, so we'll be doing that for the rest of the month as well. And obviously, more things to come in the future. So that out of the way, we'll move into the main event, the real reason why everyone's here. Succession, Episode 7, Tailgate Party, and the wonderful Kathleen will be kicking us off with our executive summary. Ooh, and busting out the shades. A little like Jerry that. vibe. I would also like to say that we dropped a Barry episode on the Succession feed because it was a little HBO action. Uh, we covered the final season, just episodes one through four, and then we'll cover five through eight as well. So check those out. Great. But that's not why we're here. Yeah. We are here for the executive summary. So... <clears throat> On election eve, Father Sexmas and Shiv decide to take over the tradition to throw a good old-fashioned tailgate party. At the start of the episode, despite the awkward scorpion debacle, the pair seem to be in a good place for them. But as the episode goes on and Shiv continues to throw Tom under the bus in favor of her own agenda, we get an absolute smackdown, no-holds-barred screaming match on the balcony for all guests to see. Tom is tired, y'all, and I don't blame him. Unfortunately, Tom, Shiv, Endgame is looking really bleak. Kendall proves that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree as Rava basically has to remind him that he even has a daughter. And he claims, I'm breaking my back and it's all for them. Very Logan-ish. He also attempts to wheel and deal with Nate, who aptly reminds him that he is not Gil and Kendall is not Logan. And that is a very good thing. Roman was a huge dick this episode to our beloved Connor. And I felt that needed its own sentence in the summary because us conheads will not let this stand. Oh, okay. In an attempt to get Mencken more votes and for the good of the Republic, he tries to offer Connor jobs in a bunch of different countries doing God knows what, but he is unable to get the deal closed. Shout out to Willow for being one of the few people with some morals in this show. Plus, no nukes, no Connor. Roman is also a dick to Jerry in this episode, in which I say, get that eye-watering amount of money, girl. Us Jarheads will not let this stand. In regards to the deal, the CE bros hit a gold mine when Eva reveals that the Gojo numbers are funky, freaky, and definitely inflated. They also ca- they also catch wind of the blood bricks and hair, which is just icing on the cake. Matson and Kendall get in an awkward, hilarious showdown in which Matson calls Kendall's numbers gay, which, spoiler alert, is my favorite thing on Earth. <laughs> this all leads to Kendall pulling a reverse Viking and telling Frank that Waystar should acquire Gojo with one person wearing the crown, a.k.a. himself. 
Lastly, the funeral management committee is adjourned as Roman steps up to the plate to be the one to speak. Season four has been a slew of big events gone wrong. Logan's birthday, Connor's wedding, this tailgate party. I, for one, can't wait to see this shit show. Tight 90 of a funeral. But before we get to that, it's election day, baby. Let's go. All right. Let's go. I like that. Thanks. That was good. <laughs> I felt like we were just chatting thank between you. friends right there. Thank you. Thank you. Don't need these. these as are we blue are. Lights. Oh, of course, as we are. Um, okay. I mean, at that point, we can just roll right into moments, Kathleen. I got it. We'll, <laughs> so we'll do moments first. <laughs> would, would anyone like to? Actually, I guess we'll start by saying we, all three of us agreed before recording that the balcony scene between Tom and Shiv is the obvious choice for everyone. Best scene in the episode. One of the best scenes potentially in the show, most likely I would say probably top five of the season for sure. So we're going to not choose that one. We're all just going to agree that was the best. And we'll kind of roll in with, with our second choices. And looks like Alex was nominated by Kathleen right there to go first. So Points the mic right at my face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this isn't my favorite moment, but I'm just going to have to to emphasize that your numbers are gay. <laughs> and we can say that because we're two queer women. Sorry, everyone else. It just was so juvenile and stupid. It was... Yeah, yeah. but the real one, and this was also in the summary and the quote, but when Kendall went full Logan and was like, you don't even understand, like, I do this all for them. It was just like chef's kiss. I just thought that was perfect succession, perfect apple, just right at the foot of the tree. And it's just ironic as well. (laughs) But that just stood out to me, obviously, second to the balcony scene, but. Yeah, Rava in that scene, I was feeling for her so bad because she's like, you're fucking kidding me, right? You're like, you're too busy running a racist news organization and your daughter's being like specifically like kind of targeted and you are just like, oh, well, where were you? Yeah, he's like, I'm trying to get all the information so I can make a decision for us. And she's like, she doesn't even get through the sentence, but she's like, you're going to decide to maybe call your daughter like what's right i heard that um and also kendall's just swooping in and deciding what their plan of action is she's like get fucked all the way deservedly so uh okay i can go next yeah i appreciate the point there kathleen i was kind of ping-ponging back and forth and my second watch confirmed it and it feels wrong but it feels better that we're all kind of agreeing that the balcony scene was first but kendall getting greg to go and get Matson drugged up and like the conversation was funny and then they hit like a really nice borderline perfect dap afterwards and it was just like the connection was really there and we've been anti-Greg a little bit this season but I I literally said it out loud when I watched it the second time I was like I hate how much I loved that little moment right there so I'm gonna give that moment a shout out and choose it as mine. I think Greg had his best episode of the season. I think he's feeling himself a little bit more than usual. And he's, I mean, he just fired a hundred people. He's actually doing a job that it seems like I haven't actually seen anyone do a job before in this show. Yeah. So, but my, my moment actually is the Matson and Kendall scene, just because I remember my eyes just being so wide watching it. And I think it's a, it's a quote factory. I love who's going out in this shitty fucking town tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. He's a piece of shit. And then, uh, what, what was the other one I liked? Uh, oh, just, um, love the deal. Love the deal, brother. Love the deal. <laughs> like, so like in awkward. a million times. She was cracking was, up last night. <laughs> Shiv was so good at the, in like the backgrounds of some scenes of like, just getting like a quick moment and like reaction to things like her reaction to that was, was really funny. Like the moment, the impromptu moment of silence. And she was like, he had like a classic like Sarah Snook confused like what the fuck is actually happening look 
it's almost like in the office when they break the fourth wall. Like you feel like she's just kind of looking at the camera, always. like someone else fucking seeing this besides me, please, <laughs> for the love of God. And I always respect a cut to camera moment. I'm going to cut right to the quotes. I'm going to yeah. steal the thunder and I'm going to say, so don't scream people or data and stick my dick in the guac. <laughs> Matson had a great episode too. him in that gold jacket, like hunched over this guy. He is just a caricature of himself at this point. And I liked that we finally get to see a chink in his armor because yeah. up until now, he, I mean, he's still smug as fuck. Like, I don't think he actually thinks he's in trouble unless he just hides it very well. But yep. I mean, that's a bullshitter, right? A peak bullshitter. He's never going to show his cards in that way. But yeah, he's just going to keep on pretending like he's top dog as Kendall would. Let's be real, as as any of them would. That's a fairly decent segue into my favorite quote, which is my siblings. I love them, but not in love with them. <laughs> one head, one crown, baby. I was just like, let's go. <laughs> The Kendall heads. We're uh, getting fed. The Kendalls. The Kendalls, yeah. You're are you a part of every head community? Yeah. You know I am. Yeah, yeah. You wear I'm a lot not of a hats. Greg head. I'm not okay. a Greg head. Not a Greglet. Very fair. <laughs> my uh my backup one, because I I would be shocked, I guess, if someone picked it, is Roman on the phone call heading into the like initial lunch, the funeral management committee. And he's like, don't object to being a rat fucker, Tomas. Like, it's unbecoming. <laughs> I thought that was a really good line. When Connor's talking about going to visit Logan, he says something like, what am I just going to sit there like I'm feeding the fucking ducks? And he just goes, thank you for ignoring me after like he hated what he said himself. He's like, thank you yeah. for ignoring me. <laughs> and that's the last props I'll give Roman for this episode. Very fair. Few and far between. I had a, well, I wanted the Matson one, but I also had a from Kendall when he's like, you know, new money, got to hold those fresh bills to the light. Like, yeah. it's just so snobby and shitty. And I don't even know, are they really old money? If it's just his dad, that generation, I don't know the terms, but it just, it, it struck me as just funny coming from him. I saw some chatter online about it. So their mom I mean, Caroline was like British aristocracy, right. like really, really long family lineage of, of wealth and power, it seems. So I guess they get it a little bit from that side. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. They I get mean, the Brits. Yeah, that's more than enough for them to be like, okay, we're old money. You yeah. know, for sure. I they're, love they're a nice self-assured Kendall, even <laughs> yeah. if it's there's really not much like a leg for him to stand on. I just love when he gets in this mode. It's just the best. Yeah. And then I wrote just like, when I think Shiv said waste our Jesus, that really cracked me up. I, Shiv had a lot of the small digs yeah. going this episode, and yeah. waste our Jesus is just very fitting from Kendall and his woke era, and him being like, it's kind of homophobic, dude. He's still woke, Kendall. Fuck the patriarchy. So <laughs> <laughs> when Kendall, just if we can get into stonks, oh, yeah. when Rava talks to Kendall about the Ravenhead thing, you know, the anti-ATN stuff at Sophie's school. Do you think that that he took that to heart? So when Roman approached him about the Connor Mencken thing and he goes, well, fuck Mencken, right? Do you think that's why? Do you think he was sticking up for Connor? Do you think he was saying, well, is it the worst thing if Mencken doesn't get elected? I think I just think it's a lot. I mean, I think a very kind interpretation to Kendall is that the conversation actually had an impact on him. I think for him it's difficult like in that moment with rava i'm sure it's difficult for him to like not be that version of himself and then afterwards i could see himself like being upset that he acted like that 
again, being very kind to him because obviously he has his own issues. But I, I think it probably has more maybe to do with the fact that I don't think he actually like likes that side of it at all. I think he actually wants to like change ATN. I agree. I think it was part standing up for Connor because he was like, whoa, hey, easy. Like he cut Roman off. And I think he wanted him to lay off of Connor because I don't think he feels it's the battle worth fighting. Whereas Roman, this was his one shot to do one fucking thing right or like make a, a splash. And and so he was leaning in really hard. But so I think it was both. I think it was like the impact from the Rava combo and then caring about Connor, but he, he also is not going to turn off the bigots bigot, as they say, you know, he's making money from this. He's still the face of all of this. It, it's just the reality of it. Yeah. I think that's also with um, like the idea of the episode of like an election party and, you know, there's people from different sides and Kendall's like, Oh, like let the games begin and like, we'll all be friends after this. It just kind of shows that like the really somewhat frivolous attitude most of them have towards it because at the end of the day like they're still going to make their money like they'll farm the content in some way it just depends on who's actually in the white house to them it doesn't really matter that much yeah i was thinking yeah. the same thing it's like they're so rich that it's really only in self-interest and the power yeah. look to be having a voice in it and feeling like you're driving the culture and the decision but also Again, like Kendall seemingly can take it or leave it. Same with Shiv. I mean, she's more left-leaning, but I think, again, it's if it's going to come down to their tax breaks, that's where they'll vote. And I don't think they care about any other issues beyond that because yeah. they don't have to. It doesn't impact them. And Kathleen, you said you liked that line. I'm sorry to cut you off a little bit with Matson being like, so who's going out in this town? And he's looking out like down onto the town. And I, I felt like that was very purposeful of like reminding us that they're just like in this penthouse having this election party when there's like actual people out on the street. I mean, it, it, Megan is supposed to be, you know, very far right wing Nazi level person. And they are like, to them, it's business. So like, they don't see it that, but there's people in the streets protesting and marching about this guy. And they're just, you know, up in this penthouse trying to, you know, getting what kettle corn as a prize to bet on the electoral votes and all this stuff. It's just like the disconnect obviously is, it was a big part of the episode. I didn't know if there was like a deeper lore or joke to the kettle corn. Even the second way, second round, I was like, what the fuck is the kettle corn? I think it's just a stupid joke. I think it's a tradition. Maybe that Logan yeah. started or something. The way Kendall like gestured toward it was like, you know, the fucking kettle corn. Prize. Yeah. It's like kettle corn for you. If you guess the elector, <laughs> who wants to win a buck? <laughs> it's 15 more than 40 pal. <laughs> 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 but um we miss him we do miss him i miss his one-liners that's for sure but speaking on kendall i think kendall had a pretty good episode for himself i mean ebba giving him the information he's just like embarrassment of richmond riches at that point but i think the one you know swat down he had was with nate and the whole point was i think that they were trying to get nate and and his like dem side like the regulatory stuff they were trying to like get in good with them so they can bypass all of that bullshit just like logan used to and i like that nate was like listen i'm not comfortable with this like i'm not guilt you're not your father can we relax here and i think that was like a i don't know if that'll change kendall at all but i'm glad at least that it didn't go through for him because so much of the show is just these people getting everything they want. And I just really enjoyed that piece. Cause I usually hate Nate. I don't really care about him. Well, not hate. I just don't really care about him, 
And them bringing him on this episode, I didn't think I cared, but I was like, oh, he's actually pretty good. And when he when Nate says like, oh, Tom, when they're talking about firing Tom, I'm like, OK, fuck, it, fuck this guy. <laughs> uh, well, it was the opposite. Kendall wanted them to lean in in a way that Logan normally wouldn't. So it would stop the deal. Okay. That's all right. But I think he wanted both. I Right. Like, I think he wanted to stop that to stop the deal. But then on the other hand, get in with the regulatory shit for when Kendall has it. You know what I mean? Like ease up on Kendall for when he owns it. And then when I think that when for Mattson, you're right. You're right to to shit can the deal, (laughs) as Tom would say. For Mattson. Yeah, and kind of build a relationship there now that he's in charge and perceives himself to be doing so for a while, potentially. Yeah, I, yeah that and makes especially sense. especially if they'll ever get back to it. But if the Pierce deal ever becomes a thing, oh, like yeah. the, the idea of someone owning ATN and Pierce, I'm sure, would be a very, nope. very big issue. <laughs> yeah, well, you would hope, but I guess so, you don't know in this fucking economy. It's yeah. funny how the Pierce thing was such a big topic of conversation and now it's nowhere to be found not we don't even see the pierces like you would think maybe a pierce would be in that room yeah true i feel like i mean a very like generous interpretation to the writers is like it's showing how actually unimportant it was it was only important because it was like them versus logan and now that logan's gone literally the pierce thing has disappeared from the show just like logan physically has disappeared from the show that could be me making a lot of you know, that's an assumption, but no, I think it's it was his dream and it died with him. Right. Like they only made it theirs to do the whole like battle right. out dad. And I just think that ultimately they can tell themselves that they want out and that they want Pierce and they want to do the new thing and the hundred RIP after five minutes of that company and all the decks those people made. I, I feel them hard <laughs> in my day to day, but I just think it's it could circle back. But I think the trajectory is they're all addicted to this this game. Of, yeah, for sure. Of Waystar Royco. Yeah. But I'm thinking, I mean, Kendall, for me, it's is a green hour episode. I mean, I because still the Rava, going strong. The Rava thing is like, that's an assumption. I feel like that we've always had that. Obviously, that part of his life is bad. And we got to show I mean, we got to see it rather this episode. But I feel like it's nothing. It doesn't really change our opinion so much of we knew Kendall was a terrible dad. I saw a really funny meme where it's uh, Walter White in the back of the of the SUV, like screaming from the back seat, And it's like the cycle, Kendall, the cycle, the trauma cycle. <laughs> like He's acting literally exactly the way, you know, that Logan would. So like Alex had mentioned earlier. It's everything he hates, right? He yeah. hated that his dad resented him for, you know, Logan said his whole life, I'm doing all this stuff for you. I ignore, I, he got ignored his whole life, all of them. And that, now he's just reliving the cycle, like you said. It's fucked up. It's devastating, really. But it, it was interesting because at least in season one, they showed the kids. We don't even yeah. get to see Rava I ever. Feel like I was shocked. And maybe I didn't pay attention enough to how like old or big the kids were but it's like sophia or sophie's like i didn't think she was that much of a person that she would just be like walking around and and like you know having like understanding maybe like, like a political climate i didn't realize that she was older than like eight i would think she's a teenager now that makes sense i just i guess yeah. like you said we the kids are not really in the show ever so yeah i mean when we saw them last in tuscany right or whatever italy they seemed like burgeoning on like or like preteen teen you know what i mean so i, I you know it, it people grow up real fast in real life too yeah. so it's i was reading something that's like succession is notorious for just like 
vague timelines, skewed timelines. Yeah. And while this season is very obviously day to day, in the past we don't have any fucking concept of no, of true. time passage. So very true. Pretty sure it was a six month time jump from Italy to this season, right? Well, yeah, the way Shiv was like, you cost me six months with my dad. So mm, we could fair. get into those stonks if we want. The Shiv stonks? Not good for us Shiv heads. Shivlets. Yeah, sad day for the Shivlets. <laughs> I mean, I'll let the Shivlets take it away. <laughs> the Shivers. What have you done for me lately? Shiv was rocking it this episode. She looked great. You know, a 10 out of 10 nice for red, our girl, Sarah lip. Snook. I loved it. Love the hair. Love the face. Um, but she's fucked. But is she fucked? <laughs> because no, because unless Matson outs her for for being on his side. Oh, Tom. It doesn't matter. Madsen doesn't matter. There is no space for her at Waystar Royco. There's two CEO bros, CE bros. Roman already feels it. One had one crown. She's fucking carved out. And I think like the the big picture long play is looking fucking bleak. And I think that's why she freaked out. It's not said, but like she was hitching herself to Madsen. And it's mm-hmm. less about that exploding and fallout for her from the perception. It's more like I have no other fucking option. At least that's how I keep reading it. Yeah, it felt like a lash out. And I mean, obviously, they both lashed out. They're yeah, tired. exactly. They're cranky. They're hormonal. Yeah. yeah, clearing the air, quote unquote. That was the first time we see them screaming. They always great. talk in the season one uh, or season four, episode one. Their fight was so calm, cool, collected, targeted, very you know intense, but even keel this was something else and the acting was phenomenal and that's a long scene yeah, that's was. a lot i would be interested to see how much how many pages of script that was because that's insane and sarah snook has so many amazing parts where she her voice breaks she says so fucking flat and in the way she says it or her voice breaks it was incredible but i don't know how you come back from this so socially she's fucked and also job wise she's fucked but I don't understand why she didn't just throw it in his face like, okay, well, I am having her baby, so suck it. I was just waiting for it. I thought it was so close when he said that. Like, I guess I'll just fucking abort it. <laughs> like, you won't have yeah. any say. That would have been, I, my jaw would have been on the fucking floor if she said I, that. I'm going to call it now. She's going to abort it, and then she's going to tell him after the fact. She's going to fucking oh. shove it down his throat. It's a late abortion, going, is it not? It is. It's. I would say she's probably like... She's we don't know. I think weeks, right? I think oh, wait, right? If six months went by since Tuscany, she's not that hard. pregnant, though. No. So what they said was in point. the premiere or this episode, the episode four, I guess it was, because it was after we find out after Logan dies. They said we'll see you at your twenty-week appointment. Mm-hmm. So we assume she's between twelve and twenty. Twelve is when you start telling people because you're you're through your first trimester and like all the all the complications that happen nor like a lot of the high percentage um, miscarriages and things like that happen zero to 12 so you don't tell people until that so she's 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 having that kid so she's like three months you're saying ish but 
didn't her and Tom start stop talking six months prior? If this season's only been like five days, like That's my brain is point. swirling. Like she stopped speaking to him. They did not bang after that bomb in Tuscany. I don't think. Yeah. Shit. The math's not mathing succession, and I can barely do not, math. It's not okay. mathing. Oh wow. Yeah. That would be like a fucking nuke if she did that. But I don't know. <laughs> I hope. I mean, I hope they. But now I'm a little upset that that math ain't mathing. Right, like I mean, I guess we don't know what happened. Yeah, we don't the time really jump. Know. We don't know. They could have. Well, the but, math better math at the end. But like episode one, right or two, like when they f- see each other in the house and she's just getting stuff. We're led to believe they haven't seen each other in a long time when she comes back from L.A. So yeah. I don't know. Someone help! Someone in the comments, fucking help us, <laughs> please! Someone will have the answer yeah, for sure. I'm sure. Or someone will confirm that we the math ain't mathin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if someone yeah wants to let us know how the math's mathin, I would love to know how the math's mathin. But I, one thing I wanted to say is that it felt like good that Tom said to her that like he was like I whatever loved you or gave you support or whatever, but like it was never gonna fill you up because you're broken or whatever. Didn't feel good. Obviously, it's a very emotional fight, but I feel like that was one of the first times, or maybe not the first time, but. It, that like just such a blunt correct psychoanalysis of any of the siblings was just out there in the open like that and they were kind of forced to deal with it so hard because obviously like family therapy the episode wasn't real in any sense so and i feel like we've kind of been teased with it a little bit like we talk about it all the time of like roman has you know this type of issue with these things kendall obviously has his addictions and his vices and things but like for it to be open in the dialogue of the show so blunt was like like it felt like almost like a refreshing kind of moment. Well, it's a moment where you can be hurt and break through, right? It's not like where everyone tells Roman he's a pervert every day because yeah, people yeah. are trying to flag the issue and it's just seen as a joke. But yeah, I agree. I, the whole scene was just so beautifully done and so sad and painful. And I do believe that Tom was in it for love. I believe like he had also other motives, but I feel like he could have did that with someone else rich too. Like he would have wormed his way in anywhere, but he ended up loving Shiv. He's more complex than that. And I think she's just such a hardened, broken exterior, hardened exterior, broken interior that I don't, yeah. you know, I think the reason they're yelling and we actually see the emotion is because she says, I don't care about you and I don't like you, but that it's so plain on her face that that's mm-hmm. a lie. It's really a shame because Tom could be in such a good relationship, I feel. Like, depending on who he's with, I do think that. It's so interesting. And the scorpion, you kill me, I kill you. Yeah, it's a little, like, yeah, let me give you a snake bow tie. Like, what the fuck? I kind of wanted it to be, I don't know what I wanted it to be, but when he says you're a tough fucking bitch and you'll land on your feet because you always do or whatever it is, just hearing him say tough fucking bitch was something else. But we kept saying, and you specifically said it today on the second rewatch, that I can't believe that neither of them are American. Like yeah. their accents are perfect in that. And they're, it was just phenomenal. I, I, I don't feel bad for Shiv. He's being so hard. She says, while he, she's literally carrying his baby, you, you maybe won't yeah. be a, a good Jeez. mother, you know? Awful. But she was being awful again. Like even in a day where she, sort of kind of sticks up for him about Nate but ultimately like immediately was like fine whatever I can't believe that she was just letting that happen she's so selfish it's selfish it's insane and then on the other hand 
Tom, like Tom during the ATN firings is like making faces and being a dick. And I'm like, both of these people have flaws, but at least Tom is trying with Shiv, like within the realm of the relationship, like both of them are kind of shitty people, but oh, Shiv more so. But I don't know where I'm going with this. I just think that it, it was too. so loaded. It was so there's yeah. just so much to think about. We all have a lot of feelings about yeah. Tom and Shiv. Did either of you feel like I saw I was reading online of people feeling uncomfortable that it was taking place on the balcony, not because of like the glass doors, but because of like the height, like they were like nervous that something was going to happen. Oh. And I didn't feel that ever during this. I scene. turned to Alan. I said, what if Tom jumped after that? Oh, like Tom, Tom and, and Baratheon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been crazy. Yeah, well, you said, I just that was maybe the only fear. I didn't think anything was going to get physical, but I think we thought maybe like. Oh God, is Tom just like fully over it? Because then he goes inside and snaps anyway. So that would he's, have been so nuts. He's breaking down internally, I think. So yeah. safe to say, as I wrote, uh, Shiv is down bad, but Tom is somehow down badder, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they give us that like scene at the end of him just head on the pillow staring up. And uh, I mean, you could interpret it as he's sad. You could interpret it that it's like, you know, revenge unhinged Tom time with two. Someone episodes said left. that yeah. I, that he's like scheming, and I was like, I read that more as just like sitting in his sadness because yeah. at the end, I mean, he's like, like tip top, like the way he said he was like fucking great was like devastating the tone yeah. and the face. I never mean, kind of fell apart from him in, in one day in the space, which was supposed to be a great day for him, and it turned out to be a terrible day. Yeah, I mean, I could see, like I said a little bit earlier of he obviously has all the inside info on Shiv. Like he knows that Shiv is, has been trying to, to fuck the CE bros. So I do wonder if he goes and tries to get his whistle wet in a different watering hole. The last thing I'll say about Tom for me is that how embarrassing is it when he's wrapping the party up? Like to me with, four, they say it's 40 of the most important influencing people in the world. And you're just being like, get the fuck out. Yeah. I'm sleepy. The, I'm tired of it all was really throwing me the whole episode until I get it at the end when he's eventually like, I'm so fucking exhausted and I'm tired of you too. Like, I just don't have the energy to be awake. And all I'm hearing is that I'm getting fired in my own fucking house. So yeah. peace out. But it's so embarrassing to just scream like, no, get out. See you later. Go cry. Yeah. He couldn't handle it like I used to in college and just go to bed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> get the earplugs out, get the sound machine time and shut yeah. the fuck up. Just let it burn out down there. Yeah. Well, speaking of CE bros, I guess, like you said, it, it, maybe he'll, turn on Shiv with them, I guess we should talk about the bottom of the barrel. The yeah. man who keeps digging out Ooh. the rock bottom, in my opinion, just keeps going lower. Yeah, Roman. Terrible episode for him. So, he's already feeling shitty, I think, because Living Plus stock is up, right? And Kendall went out there and made a big show, and everyone loved it and ate it up. So now Kendall's the big man on campus, and Roman is left feeling like, fuck, I probably should have done that. Plus, you know, Kendall's wheeling and dealing himself here, but Roman puts all of his energy into getting this Mencken deal done, like to yeah. get something done. And then Connor's just shutting him down. And yeah, Connor, Connor's a clown, but he's our clown. So relax. Yeah. And he's put hundreds and billions of thousands of dollars into this, not billions, but you know what I mean? Maybe a billion at some point. But I'm just so happy that Will is such a ride or die. And her line about being like, my family and my friends really hate him. 
and that held weight, you know, I was so happy because it's literally like just pretend it's Trump and we're in the room and they're like, well, Trump's going to win if you just get your brother to quit. It's like, go fuck yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. That, for real. In reality, that actually probably is the best uh, moment for me is Connor kind of saying like, you know, there's one person in this room that doesn't think I'm a joke. I'm going to listen to what she says. So basically, and he handles all of the insults very well. I mean, Connor, I feel like obviously, unfortunately, he has practice with it, especially with with the three of his half siblings. But uh, I mean, honestly, like a true presidential candidate right there, he handled it very well and just kind of exit stage left. Yeah, I said that on the second watch. I'm like, man, he was so calm in his response to Roman. Like, I would want to punch him in his stupid oh, face. Yeah. He's just, he's back to like season one level Roman of just like shitting on his siblings. I mean, he can't do it to Kendall. He he cannot do it to Kendall. And yeah. I think he, like him and Shiv are in a better place. But I think, you know, he's looking for a punching bag at every turn. And this time it happened to be Connor because he thought he could make some like lemon lemonade out of lemons with this. But it just... And then he turns on him the second he doesn't like do exactly what he asks. Mm -hmm. He's just fucking snapping and it's just childish and embarrassing. So props to Connor. Roman stock down still. I mean, Connor's exploding in Alaska. Four, five, six percent. His stock's up. His stock's Let's up. Fucking it's go, looking up. Baby. Let's go. See what America decides. <laughs> we fucking had to be patient, but us con heads, baby. It's paying off. The long range view of the investment be the is paying off. So Roman, the reason Roman's such a dick, like in that scene is because Jerry really lights his fire because Jerry was not letting him have it. I mean, come on, Rome. Like, I didn't actually fire you. Like, my dad fired people all the time. They didn't stick. Like, that yeah. was the worst thing he's ever said. Like, what Especially a wuss. Because, yeah, the big part of the fight was you're not your dad. That was her and, whole point. Well, I think like where he really just fully ended it any shot ever of any rapport between them was saying she's bad at her job like the uh, the yes. companion pod and jay smith cameron being like it's the one thing you cannot take from jerry uh, say what you want about the rest of the fucking suits um and the ogs and even the new gen roys she's the only competent motherfucker besides carolina frankly yeah. and to say that is such a deep insult and such a personal affront like you can't come back from that and so i think that was evident in their conversation. Like any Roman always wants to say his insults are jokes, right? He's that guy who was like, Well, I was just kidding. And you can't, you know, walk that one back. Roman stonks are down, baby. Yeah. And especially, I mean, he tries to probably the first time you've ever seen him be somewhat cordial to Frank, I guess. Cause he's like, Oh, good. Like she came. Like that's gotta be good, right? And Frank's like, No. It's not. She's pissed. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I thought that part was, was great. She was like, I Listen, I think Jerry could come out the best on top if I this hope. Is, if they she gets out before whatever the fuck Kendall's about to do this company, yeah. whichever way it goes, even if Gojo still buys, it's looking bleak. Either way you spin it, so get that money and run and say you weren't there for the implosion. Looks great on your resume if you yeah. don't retire. You know? It was, I mean, it was great for Jerry. She came in, had her martini, showed face, showed Roman up, showed she wasn't scared, and she's killing it. Do you think Jarrett has a family, like kids? Not a husband, I don't think, but do you think- She said he died. And she, remember, like, there's a scene of her and Roman, and she's like, my, like, husband, or whatever, and he's like, you had a husband? And she's like, you were at his funeral. <laughs> that was in, like, season two, or no, season one, it's when they're in the hospital. And I when Logan's like she... almost dead in the beginning, she's like, you were fucking there. 
Wow. I feel like she has kids, like a kid or two, or like a daughter. I don't know why I have a memory of that. I think you might be right about the daughter. I feel like she's alluded to it before. Yeah, I think she might Definitely have Definitely husband who passed away like decades yeah. prior. Let us know in the comments. Confirm for yeah, us, please. Right. We're um, lazy as fuck this week. Yeah. Okay, let's go old guard still because I want to talk. Frank, honestly, good episode in the sense that I love that him and Kendall. I just love their relationship. I love how Kendall pulls him aside. And it's like, hey, baby, let's go fucking reverse Viking on these motherfuckers. And, you know, Frank didn't really say no. You know, I think he's always interested to get into some wacky little scheme with Kendall for whatever <laughs> reason. So I got to respect that out of Frank. He's, he's his down. godfather. He's he's down to just make sure whatever it. unfolds, he's there for the ride. But I thought it was interesting that Carl and Carolina weren't there of the of the big heads. Yeah, Carl missing a party is such a miss. <laughs> I Kyle's even, mad. I cannot even imagine the gold we were gonna get out of Carl and he just wasn't there. <laughs> I'm fucking I was I was definitely upset by that, but take it on the chin. Maybe he was there and he was just like hovering around the apps and just kept out of it for whatever reason. I could picture him just, he's just feeling good about everything and he's just in the background, just, you know. With his steak frites. We can, we can dream for him. <laughs> his fucking steak frites and a whiskey or whatever the fuck he drinks. Steak frites. <laughs> um, okay. I'm trying to think. I guess Matson is. Yes. Is, is one we haven't really talked about. Like Kathleen said, I just you don't know with him really, but I feel like we talked about it. I remember me personally making a statement that it feels like it'll be this way with him, where he's not actually this like incredible businessman or anything. I mean, Eva basically tells us that it's all basically a PR stunt. He doesn't even code. They basically kind of uh, manifested or created this reputation for him. So not the most surprising thing. I'm glad it's like that, though. I think it makes the character... It gives us more options with the character, I feel like. Well, we asked ourselves why he needs to rush so much, right? We Fair. we pointed it out, and we just didn't know, of course, because they didn't tell us yet. And this makes sense, but it was pretty casual. Like I feel that Ebba releasing this information is a huge faux pas like i've a fireable offense maybe i understand that he's been sending her br blood bricks and hair but even when madsen finds out that people know he's like who is it is it ebba or the other guy's name i can't think of off the top oscar. of my head oscar <laughs> like he's pretty calm and collected about it you know yeah yeah i think maybe she knows I mean, she's the head of like pr i think she knows what she's doing i think she knows she has leverage and is like Fuck it. Out in Fuck this. Too. Yeah, it's looking bleak, and she's sick of his shit. He pushed her too far, and she decided to give give the mice a cookie. You know. Yeah. Does it seem to you that Ebba's being held against her will? <laughs> like yeah. every scene with Ebba is 100%. like she is is literally a captive. She's blinking twice for help. Yeah, for correct, sure. correct. The the whole scene with her with him being like you've gotten this tenure because we've mingled and yeah. having Greg fake fire her so and all this stuff. So embarrassing. And Ebba right from the start apologizing and they're like, stop apologizing. And then her saying like, I hate parties. And it, it was all very weird. Um, it, it just felt like she was being held there against her will <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess for me, I, I, I guess I latched on to that. I'm out in four months or I'm out in February line. So it kind of was like, fuck it. I mean, at first she was like, oh yeah, like I'm going to give you all the details when Roman was the most 
ineffective, awkward way of trying to get it out of her. And then Kendall, somewhat normal person, is like, let me bum a smoke. Like, let's have a conversation. And Roman's like, yeah, I think I know about that. What are the details again? And it's like, dude, we're not fucking six years old. <laughs> like, you're, this is like such a big monumental business deal that you can't act like that and get it out of her. Oh, Roman. Amateur hour, you know? Yeah, seriously. So Matson's down. Matson's got to be down. I mean, Madsen's the deal's in complete sure. jeopardy. Mm-hmm. It has and to then- be. I want to talk just about Greg because good Greg episode. He fires all these people. He seems to be in Matson's good graces, but what does that mean even anymore? Yeah. Kind of I mean, negates. He's, he's in Matson's. It seems well, much better, obviously, than the episode started. And then Kendall, obviously. I mean, he went on a little mission. They got that clean dap. Somewhat of a connection there. I mean, obviously, Kendall, they realize what Greg's kind of MO is. I mean, everyone does. It's It's quite obvious, but... At the very least, he's somewhat of a useful idiot to both sides. So he kind of he did well to position himself because I, I feel like one of the first lines he has in the episode. Besides, I guess it's after the firing, but when he's like complaining, he's like, "I can't wiggle, I can't wiggle my way in there," which I thought was an interesting choice of words. It was just kind of like very just admitting that that's what he does. He's just a little worm trying to wiggle in, but and then it works out by the end of the episode. He's persistent. That guy will give him that, you yeah. know, Gary. Gary, <laughs> Gary, <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I, Oscar also just like spits in his face, which was insane. Yeah, and then what's Matt to say? He's like, I thought you were just like backwash at the bottom of the gene pool. Oscar calls him a dingleberry. He's like, yeah. just hanging on. <laughs> yeah, that was great, Greg. I mean, to his credit, I guess, in some weird way, just takes it on the chin. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they God. Just shit on him in that scene Please. and he's like hung in long enough <laughs> yeah he, yeah Seriously. so greg's up i hate to say it but the greg stocks up oh greg's definitely up yeah someone unfortunately yeah i love how we've soured on him so much i know we really have so okay we have eight nine ten three episodes left mm-hmm. let's put a guess on the board We've got the election. We've got a funeral coming up at some point. I assume that's the series finale. So what do we think? I think they released some info, and I don't want to spoil things, but I'm pretty sure that there's been fairly big hints that the funeral will be the finale. That makes sense, right? I feel like that'll really hit the emotional beats as well as the intense and immaculate vibes of a succession episode. It's a lot building. Like, I wonder what nine would be then. Like, I I just don't know. It's anything like a Game of Thrones nine. It's going to yeah, fuck. Well, apparently next episode is supposed to be yeah. like insane. So we'll so see. I guess- also, I mean, I just want to do it so we don't forget. To, but Marsha name drop in this episode. She's obviously going to come back. And Carrie got a name drop too. Roman and that weird sympathetic mind that he has for Carrie in a way. He Wait, what did he her, say? He just said her name. He said Carrie. Like at the brunch, at the, the funeral brunch, committee yeah. brunch. Okay, I didn't yeah. catch that. I didn't catch that either. Interesting. I was just thinking about. I can't believe we haven't seen Carrie like pop up yeah. again. Unless I, I was moonbeamed on edibles when I watched, but I'm pretty sure that he said Carrie. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, but, so we'll get Marsha again. I feel like the funeral, like you're saying, is the perfect kind of finale. So I guess what I was gonna say is on the board. Do we think there's gonna be some sort of succession like this is the end and this is who in charge are they going to leave us on the cliffhanger are things going to be still in motion like do you think there's going to be a this is who succeeded (laughs) i think the low hanging low hanging fruit like easy take is that 
Kendall will just kind of become Logan. Like the siblings will become kind of Logan and his siblings. I, Roman obviously isn't going to become Ewan in the sense that he's like more left wing and progressive and kind of fucks off to himself and does those kind of things. But I feel like it could very easily be that Kendall kind of just fills in that. I mean, it could be so on the nose that Nate literally says like, you're not Logan and that's okay. But Kendall obviously isn't listening to him and just becomes Logan. Yeah. Or Shiv the Ewan because she's a little left mm, and fair. like scorned. And then is and Roman Roman Rose, whatever happened to her. Seems Nothing died, good. Right? Uh-huh. I don't know. But it's funny that Connor's like, we need a tight 90. And the episode's going to be like, what, 90 minutes? Oh, wow. What a fantastic. What if it's like moment by moment? That would be great. Oh, my God. I I forgot. I just don't know how they're going to leave us with. I don't know about like bows tied. I don't know, man. I know. There's going to be so much open ended. There has to be. (laughs) It's not like not enough time has passed in this season to give us everything we want. I trust them. I trust them to bring it home. I just don't know. I just don't know. But maybe after we'll see how eight goes, and then we'll put our final things on the board. Yeah, I know. I, think, I, I mean, agree doing it now, Kendall. I think I'll put it on the board. Yeah, Kendall is gonna just fill that Logan role. I like the idea that Shiv becomes Ewan, and then I yeah maybe Rogan uh, Rogan Roman <laughs> ends up uh, passing away in some sense. Obviously, I think we can interpret the most likely way of him passing away, but hopefully, it doesn't come to that. Yeah. Yeah. What if everyone thought it was Kendall? Yeah. Yeah. During the theories. Fuck. No. No. (laughs) I mean, I don't want it to happen, but I could, I think dramaturgically, those parallels. Yeah. Those parallels, I think, make a lot of sense. And again, like we discussed kind of season four hype episode of what is the show really about? I mean, obviously, it's not like a sunshine and rainbows. It's, it's not like there's some really like like hero's journey sure. plot of you know very like distinct sides just like everyone's a mess and is fighting for advantage and what's kind of the story in that so that's like the most basic elementary ending i could think of but i think it would still be good if they did that yeah well i guess we'll see after america decides we will yes. see what yes. happens pumped can't, I can't wait. wait i know and I can't no, wait I can't like wait. This. No, I can't wait. <laughs> if if fucking Fight. Connor, if fucking Connor becomes president and I get to do the executive summary for that episode, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I hope I see like, tears. Yeah, I'm saluting the whole episode. <laughs> Just have American flag backgrounds for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have like a little fucking pin in my lapel or whatever lapel. <laughs> my lapel. <laughs> I would say lapel too. I've never. I don't think I've ever heard that said out loud. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> hey, I got my John Ralphio shirt on. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I need to get one that's Connor for next episode. Oh my God. There's probably <laughs> so many so much dumb merch on Etsy I never thought about. Like a Connor rap tea. Oh yeah. There's Kendall so many, rap tea for yeah. sure. There's so many like uh like we obviously send each other fan cams like every day of different succession TikToks, but there's so many like Kendall t shirts that are like that, like all pink and girly and like baby girl. It's really funny. I don't think I could wear a Connor Roy for president t-shirt, but I think I could rock that sticker on my laptop for sure. I love that. Yeah. And it'd be kind of like, a, if you know, you know, much more subtle that way. I also have way too many just like dumb, like very niche context t-shirts in my closet that I probably need to to slim down on them a little bit. So yeah. All right. Speaking of slimming down, I guess we should run down this episode. Um, there's anything, any parting shots Anything off the top of anyone's head 
that they want to no. get in. Love the deal. Love the yeah. deal. Before <laughs> big big shoes. Before someone can uh can slide in our comments and tell us we missed something like last episode. Whatever. If we missed something, let us know uh in the comments too on YouTube or even if you want to hit us up on any social medias at Bingetown TV at pretty much everything. Your favorite quotes, your favorite moments. Uh, maybe you have a different take on a on a character on a little market analysis like we've done. So just let us know. Uh, we're at Bingetown TV on everything. Like I said, BingetownTV.com is the home of Bingetown TV. Bingetown TV main podcast feed is also the home, the audio home of everything Bingetown. And yeah, fuck. Episode so 7. So it is, so it be. So it is, so it may be. 70% of the way through, three episodes left. This was episode 7, Tailgate Party. We are Bingetown TV. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Love y'all. Love y'all too. Let's go. Con heads, let's ride. Yeah. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 